I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. Inside Tracker is an essential tool that we leverage at Purple Patch to try and help an athlete, fitness enthusiast, or someone that's just looking to shine in life, refine their focus to make sure that they're getting the biggest performance yield they can out of all of their efforts that go into this big journey of performance. And you can leverage it too. All you need to do is head to insidetracker.com slash purplepatch. That's insidetracker.com slash purplepatch. And when you head there, use this code purple patch pro 20 that's purple patch pro 20 and you get 20% off everything at the store today's show well it's all about avoiding the pitfalls and mistakes that many athletes make at this time of the year and i think that one of the things that you can do is make sure that you dial in leverage inside tracker and get cracking on the right freeway to performance best of luck and enjoy the show And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And this week, well, folks, it is one for the racers. We begin to emerge to spring, at least in the Northern Hemisphere we are. And we start to come out of and bubble out of what has been for many of us a really rough winter of weather. The season of racing is ahead of us, and as we begin to get outside, more and more of our training can be done out in the sunshine. What a breath of fresh air. But unfortunately, here come the mistakes. Yep, they come along in pairs, just like London buses. It seems that athletes tend to make so many of their mistakes that ultimately unravel their performance potential right at this time of the year. And so we thought it would be timely to help you get in front of those mistakes so that you can avoid them. And ultimately, you can leverage avoiding those mistakes to pave your way to improved personal performance. If you want to take the fitness that you've developed so far and make sure that you action it to yield into positive action over the months ahead, you will be well served to apply the simple lessons of today. It's a goodie. But before we get going, let's talk about a commitment that Purple Patch is making to you when you join us in partnership for the season ahead. Yes, folks, it is Barry Matt's Newsings. Matt's Newsings, guys, and as announced last week, we are committed to you, as we always are with all of our athletes. But we believe that our squad program is the most comprehensive program of its kind. We also know that it is the only program out there that is specifically designed around the demands for time-starved athletes. We deliver personalized training that is designed to integrate into your life. It's also equipped to make you faster without that journey developing into a monkey on your back. You also receive education from and access to some of the leading performance experts, as well as, of course, our Purple Patch coaching team. And infused throughout is a healthy dose of accountability and support from an engaged and committed community of athletes just like yourself. Now, last week, I went through on this show the concept of specificity for the time-starved athlete. And I really recommend that you go back and listen to it if you haven't so far. 
Our results of Purple Patch Athletes, well, they speak for themselves. Just last week, we had secured four age group podiums, seven qualifiers to world championship events, and more than a dozen PRs and numerous first-time finishers. And that was just across three races that occurred last weekend. And so it's a good time for me this week to say, hey, I'm inviting you to become a part of our team. I want you to commit to the 2023 season. And if you do so, we are going to add three individual deep dive consultations with a Purple Patch coach. Folks, that's pretty big. It's a $600 add-on value so that you can get really deep and customized in individual assessment, race strategy, and much more. TriSquad is comprehensive, but there is nothing wrong with a little bit of additional one-to-one attention and customization. So why don't we step up with this special offer right now so that you can get engaged? Now, if committing to the whole season ahead is maybe too much of a bite of an apple and you prefer monthly engagement, hey, we're still there with you. We are going to include an individual consultation with one of the Purple Patch Coaching Team, $200 value if you just register over the course of April. From now to the end of April for the year, month to month, regular join up, you get engaged with some really good bonus goodies. All of the links are in the show notes, but if you you feel like it instead, you can just ping us at info at purplepatchfitness.com because we realize, look, Purple Patch isn't for everyone. But for those who are a fit, we are going to do right by you. And we're happy to set up a call to see whether we feel like you're a good fit for the team. Info at purplepatchfitness.com. Or, of course, you can head to the link in the show notes. All right. So there is no word of the week this week. We are going right in to my favorite section because, Barry, it is the meat and potatoes. Yes, folks, it is the meat and potatoes. And today, well, it's just a common all garden discussion on performance. And to get to performance, we are going to discuss some important mistakes that we want you to avoid so that you can optimize your race readiness, especially as we start to drive into the warmer spring weather up here in the northern hemisphere. Now, as you listen to these pitfalls, I want you to bear something else in mind that I think is really important. Yes. You avoid these mistakes so that your opportunity for great racing is amplified. We want you to go faster. But there's a deeper conversation that needs to happen as well, because these very mistakes that we're going to outline today are some of the primary culprits for sucking the fun out of sport. Now, I'm guessing that you do this sport because it's rewarding. You enjoy it. You love the challenge. You enjoy seeing improvements. This isn't about self-flagellation here. We don't want you to drive yourself into declining health, exhaustion. And so today, I don't want this to just be another explainer on race performance. I want you to keep the sport in global perspective. I want you to, yes, get faster. Show up prepared, optimize the return on your training investment. But at the same time, I want you to feel vibrancy, to feel great, to be able to show up, to have capacity to meet all of the demands that are in external factors outside of life. I don't want this to be a second job in your life. We're all too busy as it is. And so these mistakes are yes, to help you race faster, but also. 
They are a catalyst to have more fun. And I think that's a really good thing. I want you to bear that in mind in that context as we dig in. And with that in mind, let's go back in time. Let's think about some of our discussions that we had in January time, where we launched into the year and we talked a little bit about the folly around New Year's resolutions. And I said, hey, it's January. It's a great time. I want you to have a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. I want you to commit to the journey. And under that banner, I also urged for a really patient development. I talked about that being a phase of preparation before we start to turn on the faucet of effort and work. And it's not that you've been lazy, but hopefully you have succeeded on taking the long-term perspective and ensuring that you have built many victories and by now are perhaps fitter, stronger, more powerful, but likely not feeling truly race ready. I also highlighted back in January that I asked for a commitment to strength and conditioning. I educated on ways to leverage your indoor training. I laid out a blueprint of how you should nail the basics of supporting habits, including sleep, post-workout fueling and recovery, daily habits around nutrition. And we set a path back in January over the course of that first month to arrive at this part of the calendar year, hopefully with an element of progression, developing fitness, feeling robust, resilient, strong, and therefore with all of our potential laid. And it is right around now for most athletes, talking about in the middle of the bell curve, that generally there is an opportunity to convert that potential into performance, to go faster. But it is exactly now with that potential laid that mistakes often occur. So many athletes throw the baby out with the bathwater. They come off the rails by one or more of the pitfalls that we're going to highlight today. And so with personal improvement being the quest, today I encourage you not to undo all of the good stuff you've done so far. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so here are five key mistakes to avoid as we march into the next phase of the year. All of them carry equal weight. They are all are important and they are going to fit under the context of your performance. And so, Barry, your mathematicals are pretty darn good. So I want you to keep me on track, okay? One, two, three, four, five. Un, deux, trois, and whatever's next. Yeah, I get it. Five mistakes, guys. Here we go. And we are going to start, drum roll, please, with mistake number one. It is the primary thing. It is what happens to everyone. And that is turning your back on being strong like bull. Yes, starting to let that commitment to strength training fizzle away and evaporate. At a recent race, in fact, it was Ironman 70.3 Oceanside, I had one of my one-to-one athletes racing. Now, Julie has always avoided historically integrating strength work into her training. And this winter, I asked Julie to make it a priority. I actually said your framing of your training is not going to be anchored as a triathlete around swim, bike, and run. And just for a few months, in fact, the last four months, quite a few months, I would add, four months, we are going to put at the forefront strength and conditioning. 
That's joint mobility, that's strength work, everything that fits under the umbrella. And then around that, wrapping around that bullseye, we are going to have swimming, cycling, and running. And in fact, your quest, even though you're oriented in this race, Oceanside, your quest is not going to be to point the program specifically to race readiness. I want you to have, Julie, patience. And so we anchored around that premise, strength, movement, stability. And then we supplemented it. Sounds really cheap, doesn't it? We supplemented it with endurance training, including a healthy dose of high intensity. And I encouraged Julie to go and race for the sake of learning. But we both aligned going into the race. Hey, it's not really a specific focus. My goal was to help Julie show up to Oceanside at the front part of April feeling really, really strong. And I hoped that she might have a little zip in her legs, but probably at least mentally not feel like she was ready for a half Ironman distance. Oh, was I sneaky. You see, what I did in the program is I just slid enough endurance work in there to help prepare the needs for Julie around the requirements around muscular endurance, a little bit of cardiovascular conditioning. I just was a little bit sneaky and tried to slide in some over-distance work, but the primary focus was certainly strength-driven, supplemented with some high intensity. Well, how did the race unfold? Julie raced. Without expectations, after all, she wasn't really ready for this, at least in her mind, but she just went and gave it a crack. And you know what happened? She smashed it well above her expectations because she was really consistent. She developed a great platform of strength and was really, really strong and resilient as an athlete. Now, why do I tell you like this? Well, because strength training is not the pathway to get ready for Ironman 70.3. But in Julie's case, she'd had seasons before where she'd led a whole bunch of endurance work and we needed a shift of stimulus. And strength training can be a critical component to amplifying the hard work of your endurance activity. And so I would label strength training as a key part of your training and preparation. And done properly, it actually improves an athlete's economy how effective they are, how many miles per gallon they are as an athlete, their power potential. So it gives them the baseline access point to actually yield higher performance or power and pace from their biking and running that they might do and improve muscular resilience. Now, Julie, right after the race, had an epiphany. Strength and conditioning is really valuable. She actually got to yield firsthand the benefits of strength, all through a little bit of sneaky coaching. But now what she needs to do is not turn her back. Because ultimately, effective strength and conditioning should be integrated, and I want you to hear this, throughout the year and season. And so as the weather starts to warm up and you start to increase the mileage that you do, particularly outside if you're riding or running outside, I highly encourage you that now you double down on commitment. Now, for most athletes, you might have two more phases of general strength and conditioning. The first is spring into the summer months, so where we are right now, and that's a lot more of continued strength work, a little bit of integration of explosive jumps and leaps, and a focus on stability and joint mobility. 
And so it's a still a heavy emphasis on strength. And then when we lead into the summer and fall, it maybe starts to become a little bit more therapeutic in nature. We look to retain all of the strength gains. We get a little bit sharper with a little bit more explosive work, but much of the work starts to shift towards joint health, making sure that as the season gets long, and it starts to get into the twilight that we're really able to keep the muscles, tendons, and ligaments really, really healthy. And so it looks quite different as you edge towards the end of the season than it did in pre-season and the early part of the year. But the key message is there is a role for strength that should never be diluted throughout the entirety of the year. And so let me be clear. Let me say this a different way. If you turn your back on strength and conditioning because the weather's got nice and you ride outside, if you just stop having it as a habit and then two truths are going to emerge over the coming months. Number one, you're very unlikely to optimize your performance potential. So that's just a simple fact. Number two, looking back, the last months of focus that you had will be a complete waste of time. And so finally, if that for the folks that have been good boys and girls up to this point, if now you arrive and you think, crikey, I'm listening to this and I haven't been doing any strength, is that my season over? It is also still right now not too late to begin. And so don't be afraid to actually get onto the wagon and start your strength and conditioning if you haven't. If you need any help with this, info at purplepatchfitness.com. We would be delighted to recommend the best course of action in that case. But either way, mistake number one is to let strength evaporate from your life. It can't. It shouldn't. Please don't let it. March on. All right. And with that marching on, mistake number two. Here comes the sun, dumping more hours into the schedule than are appropriate. This one's pretty simple, but it also requires a whole bunch of courage. Now, why do people, as the sun comes up and it starts to get warmer and race season is approaching, why do people radically increase their training hours? Well, I think it comes in two parts really, outside of it's really fun and enjoyable to go and ride your bike for long mileage outside. I think the driver behind the decision of adding too many training hours comes in parts of fear of getting ready for the demands of the racing, as well as, of course, excitement for the warmer weather. And what starts to happen for so many athletes is they start to have a less honest discussion about the reality of the framework of their life. And so they start to chase race performance, and there's a little bit of fear of preparation there. They try and sneak outside running and riding and everything else that we do outside with the warmer weather. And we start to compromise on important factors such as downtime, rest, sleep, maybe proper time to actually prepare and consume really high quality meals. And the driver behind it is chasing too many hours of training that actually fit into life. Now, remember, when I talk about this, more training is good. The more training you can do, the better. We want to do more training as long as 
you can absorb and positively adapt to the stimulus of that training. And so we want to get more effective training onto your weekly training schedule. So that's a fact. But as a time-starved athlete, you face an optimization challenge. And your best yield of performance is always going to arrive from consistency of effective training. So as soon as you consistently dump unsustainable hours into a weekly recipe that isn't ultimately able to absorb them and yield positive adaptations, things start to buckle. You start to have declining energy. You have an increase in illness and injury risk. You have a maladaptive training response. So some distance is good. It's not that longer miles are a bad thing and you shouldn't spend hours and hours outside if you can, but you need to be really strategic. So let's think about this mistake that occurs for many athletes. Let's go back and remind ourselves of how we like to approach building training programs for time-starved athletes. We don't take a set number of training hours and go about trying to cram them into your life. Instead, we begin with the commitments around life and work. What are your non-negotiable commitments with any week or block of work? And that includes everything around your work commitments as well as your life and family commitments. And we have that drawn out because those are the non-negotiables. We have to show up and perform at those. We then block the time that we feel like is appropriate for proper sleep, proper eating, some downtime and socialization. And then we have a certain number of hours left. And that is a true reflection of your availability. And so you can think that you need to do more hours. You can assume that it's better if you do more hours outside, but you are faced with an optimization challenge of those hours that you actually have available. And that recipe, that approach doesn't change just because the weather improves. You might get more time outside because it gets lighter earlier in the day or stays lighter longer in the evening. And that's great from a practical standpoint. But from a time availability standpoint, just because the weather improves or the fact that you're racing is not four, now it's three, now it's two months ahead, you still live within that reality. And so being organized and planning your training to actually sync with life is really, really powerful. Now, let me do a little time out here and let's talk about getting some of the miles in that are necessary. Because as you might be listening to this, you might think, goodness me, I've only got eight, nine, 10 hours a week to train and I'm getting ready for an Ironman or a marathon. Where am I going to get these running miles? I know that I've got to do some over distance work. And that's true. If you are going to commit to something beefy, like an Ironman, and then there is a non-negotiable component that we need to make sure that we execute some longer distance or longer duration work. That's true. But this requires just a simple little bit of planning and coordination with the constituents in your life. And so, as we discussed before, it's really beneficial to sit down with your wife, your husband, your partner, whoever it might be, and plan, coordinate with your friends and look ahead. And I recommend that you get to a place where you have identified a few weekends or blocks of time 
where you can carve out and say, great, this is my day. These are my like, couple of days where it's appropriate and I have more time to go and get the over distance work in. And all of the constituents of your life are bought in, understand and can plan for it themselves. What you don't need to do, it's a myth. You don't need to go long every single weekend. Instead, you weave many, many months, long-term layering of really successful and effective weeks enables you to be consistent and also ensures that you can arrive fit and fresh. And then the occasional amplifiers with those over-distance weekdays or weekend days that are planned ahead of time are going to help you being successful. This is one of the reasons why race builds for 14 weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks are never that successful. Where we yield success is integrating training over many, many months and then have you yield that training layered over all that time to help you actually be ready in a predictable fashion to race off a platform of great fitness and great vibrancy. All right, good. So two bullets dodged. It's fantastic. How about mistake number three? We're going to title mistake number three, zero to hero. Yep, this is a quickie, guys. Accelerating your training load too quickly. This occurs in two parts of the year. Typically in the new year, so in early January, when there's a lot of excitement and everybody gets going and they're going to have a big year and they accelerate too quickly into fatigue or, of course, injury. But there is a second wave of this hefty acceleration that tends to occur right around now. And the two drivers tend to be pretty similar, weather improving, early season races or looming race deadlines. Please don't fall into the trap. Whenever we can avoid it in training, we want to avoid what we call the big throttle, training acceleration that goes up way too quickly, big staggering blocks of training that the body from a physiological standpoint and a musculoskeletal standpoint isn't equipped to actually handle and adapt to. Training is a stress. It's a specific stress that the body should be able to absorb and adapt. So therefore respond and meet the demands of that stress and then build up fitness gains, structural gains, so that the next time you have that stimulus, the body is better equipped to meet it. That's what we're doing with training the whole time. So a tidal wave of training intensity is only going to lead to the dam breaking. And so it is seldom effective to accelerate training really quickly. Here is a mantra that I want you to absolutely cement in your brain. We want your fitness to sneak up on you. We want it to almost in an imperceptive way, build and build and build and build and build and build and build until whack, it comes up behind your head and it says, whack, hey, I'm fit. And so remember that the best way to develop fitness is over time. It should sneak up on you. It's ninja-like. No matter how far behind you feel on your journey, it's important that we layer on and meet yourself where you're at and build little victories. Once again, this is exactly the reason why I consistently call for athletes to maintain some form of structure 
and progression throughout the calendar year so that we can avoid this panic training. Of course, half of you don't listen, and then half of you that didn't listen are going to repeat the same mistake again over the coming months, are going to accelerate too quickly and end up getting nailed to the post of injury or frustration. And so looking forward, no matter where you're at, whatever you haven't done up till now, incrementally build. You can't go from zero to hero. Those accelerations in training load are a sure way to break the body and ultimately dismiss any potential that you have for a cracking year. For those that, for one reason or another, just can't hear this, well, maybe you will next year. I hope so. Mistake number four, guys, rock and roll all the time. Hey, it's very metal out there. We are going rock and roll 24-7. Performance decline doesn't just occur because you're upping hours or accelerating training too quickly. Instead, even if you do a great job of maintaining the appropriate training hours, you can still create deep fatigue accumulation simply by how you execute the number of those hours. Let me frame this story through music. You just can't listen to rock and roll every day of the week. Occasionally in your life, you need a little decompression, a little bit of Luther Vandross, or as it might not surprise you, Barry's favorite, Barry White, even sometimes a little Enya. We all need a little bit of this in our life. It's soothing. And it's going to actually make the Metallica or the ACDC, the hardcore, very metal stuff, much more enjoyable. You're going to be able to dance the night away on those sessions. And of course, at the same time, and Chris Hughes, I want you to hear this. I want you to steer clear of the dangerous, murky, middle of the road stuff. Training has no time for the cold plays of this world. In other words, avoid the mistake of number four. Don't do the easy training too hard. Now, I should point out at this point, because I did just do a little dig at Coldplay, there is nothing wrong with liking Coldplay. It's absolutely fine. It's bubbly. It's memorable. It's got a good jingle. But let's face it, they are a bit shit, aren't they? They really are. All right. I think that that little silly one is clear, but if your training asks for an easy run or spin or swim, go easy like Sunday mornings. Turning it into some Eastern European dance club is only going to lead you into trouble. And it is this time of the year, as we get to go and play outside more, as the deadline of race day starts to come upon us, it is now that folks begin to bring the bottom up. Don't make that mistake. And with that little piece of joy, our final mistake for the day, number five, and this is important. Pardon the pun, but it fuels everything. Mistake number five is failing to build and retain a solid nutrition and fueling program of habits. It is now that many folks begin to think about race weight. And they charge forward in their training program, hopefully successfully, but then go about depriving themselves of all of the nutrients and fuel that are required to support that training and actually yield adaptations. 
And the result of this is unfortunate because in the short term, athletes tend to get a lot of short-term gains and validations. They get performance jumps, composition improvements, but then suddenly comes the decline. And with that decline, it becomes really tough to identify fatigue, frequent sickness bouts, niggles, injuries, no performance gains. And what's the natural tendency of the athlete? They look straight away to the program, the sessions. What am I doing wrong here? But they actually fail to look at the culprit, their mindset and their habits. If you want to refine nutrition and fueling to optimize your performance and manage your body composition, do it the smart way. Ensure that you're getting enough nutrients and start to learn how to support your training to fuel the body as the primary focus here. Now, we've got a lot of education around this, but if you want some deeper help, I have to say right now, and I say this less as a promotion, more of a, hey, this is a fantastic tool in your toolbox. These folks know what they're doing. I recommend fueling. We partner with the team at Fuelin. We've had Scott Tyndall from Fuelin on the show several times. I've got a lot of trust in their individual approach and simple methods to ensure that you are achieving primary the caloric support to your training, but also driving towards your best race day performance and fueling habits. Now, we're happy to add the link into the show notes if you want to connect with the team. And I would recommend that you let them know that you heard about Fuelin from the show. I sent you there if you want to say that. They will take very good care of you if you say that. It is a really nice program, and I will add, no matter who coaches you, the Fueling app seamlessly integrates into your favorite training platform. So that ensures a synchronization of the actual work you're doing and the recommendations around daily eating, meal planning, and fueling for those sessions throughout without you having to do a thing. It is all to magic, I promise you that. But with that, guys, that is the fifth and important component, fuel, 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 caloric support. Because at this time of the year, don't fall into the trap of de deprivation around the quality and the quantity of the fuel and nutrition that you need to support the hard work. Five mistakes that we want to avoid. And if you do avoid these mistakes, you've dodged the pitfalls. You've amplified your opportunity for great race performance, and you've freed up so much cognitive load, but physiological energy that you can actually go about having fun with this. And you will be ready for your best performance across life and work, and of course, racing for the season ahead. I hope this helps as a very timely reminder and enables you to not only thrive in your racing, but also have more fun. I'll speak next week. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for joining and thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the new format. You can never miss an episode by simply subscribing. Head to the Purple Patch channel of YouTube and you will find it there and you could subscribe. Of course, I'd like to ask you if you will subscribe. Also, share it with your friends and it's really helpful if you leave a nice positive review in the comments. Now, any questions that you have, let me know. Feel free to add a comment and I will try my best to respond and support you on your performance journey. And in fact, as we commence this video podcast experience, if you have any feedback at all, as mentioned earlier in the show, we would love your help in helping us to improve. 
Simply email us at info at purplepatchfitness.com or leave it in the comments of the show at the Purple Patch page and we will get you dialed in. We'd love constructive feedback. We are in a growth mindset, as we like to call it. And so feel free to share with your friends. But as I said, let's build this together. Let's make it something special. It's really fun. We're really trying hard to make it a special experience. And we want to welcome you into the Purple Patch community. With that, I hope you have a great week. Stay healthy. Have fun. Keep smiling, doing whatever you do. Take care.